Good morning. Welcome to uh, Exploring Your Faith Hour. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for being with me, and thank you guys and ladies for being here as well. Everybody doing well? Yes. Good. Uh, last Monday, as you know, I went to a funeral in New York. My son's mother expired, and uh, they had a funeral on Tuesday of this week, this past week. And um, I grew up with her. I knew her. We went to school together and things like that. She was in a grave behind me, but I knew her. She didn't live on the same plantation I lived on. She lived kind of in the little small city area, I think. But uh, it was interesting in that it was weird seeing her body laying there in the casket like that. Like a, a body looked weird with no life in it. And I'm thinking, wow, that's something else. So I'm standing there looking at her and I'm thinking, wow, that's weird. And it seemed abnormal. Like, it seemed abnormal to be dead. Anybody ever died? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gone to a funeral and looked at the body? Does it seem weird to be dead? It doesn't seem normal. Like it shouldn't be that way or something. And there's just an empty shell laying there like that, just there. I think, wow, that's weird. So that's why I'm never going to die. <laughs> oh, another reason I'm not going to die is, is abnormal. To die. Abnormal. The trip was interesting too, interesting, too, in that I noticed how most families, not all, not all, not all, but most families, they fight all the time. You know, different families. They're always fighting one another, going at it, hating one another, blah, blah, blah. And then when someone dies, they come together and cry together. Isn't that weird? Yep. And then as soon as you finish eating the chicken and all that, you go back to your fights. And I'm thinking, wow, that's weird too. If I didn't like you while you were living, I'm not going to like you when you die. <laughs> and I'm definitely not going to cry over you. Maybe something wrong with me. Yes, Hermes? You say it. You said you're not going to die. You mean you're not going to die in the physical body or in the spirit? Both. Yeah, I'm going to tell Jeremiah to keep an eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> because you're you going to... When he's 60, I'll make sure you're still around. Yeah, but how, how is he going to be able to tell you? You'll be gone. Don't get so close, Robert. We just show you that. Pull it back a little bit. No, I just want clarification on that. I don't know if you meant the physical or the spirit. Yeah. Do you believe me when I say that? Kinda, but I'm not, I'm not all the way there. So. Uh, so you expect to die? I, you know. Yeah, don't lie. I'm scared to admit that, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it's the way we're set up from, you know, when we were kids that people live, they die, and you see your relatives pass on, so it's kind of expected. But I understand what you're saying. I don't, we don't necessarily have to have that mindset that we're going to die. Is there a problem with the mic, Bill? Lord have mercy. I want some white folks to work for me. <laughs> we supposed to have this might thing resolved. So I think it's interesting your approach is definitely <laughs> I'm sorry? I think your take on it is definitely unique. Uh, but I don't know that I completely believe it. Uh, Wayne, you believe me? Oh, I think I believe you that you're not going to die. Yeah. No, I don't believe you. <laughs> Why don't you believe me? Everybody's going to die one day. Just Why? Like because your body's going to wear out and your heart's going to get tired and you're going to die. But why though? There's no, that's just the way it is, man. But why? That's how my grandkids are. They're never satisfied until they get a, an answer. Well, I don't have any more answers. <laughs> I was having a conversation with my nephew, my, one of my cousins, on the phone yesterday about this. And um, something came up, and I said, oh, don't worry, I'm never going to die. Oh, I think we were talking about the funeral. He said, well, that's not true. You are going to die. Because, I said, well, why? He said, because we are not, we are born in an imperfect world. I said, yeah, we were born in an imperfect world, but we were not born imperfect people. We are, we, are, we are not the world. In, in spite of that song that says, we are the world, I said, God made us perfect. So we're not the world. We are human beings created in God's image. So we were not born in an imperfect world. He said, but 
you are going to die because um, he said, I've never seen it where no one, I don't know anyone who has not died or anyone that's been living forever. I said, just because you don't know them, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. <laughs> I said, if a, if a tree falls in the woods and you're not there to hear the sound, it'll make noise. And, and then he's like, well, that's different. And, uh, and uh, he said something that I thought really profound. He said, uh, well, well, then why, something, why do we have to die then? I said, the reason you have to die is because you were born in a horrible situation with your parents. And then he started saying, well, my situation wasn't any worse than anybody else. It wasn't horrible. And I said, now you compare yourself. Uh, I said, the, the horrible situation is that you were born to imperfect parents who were not married and not together. And so they were not the example of life. And so you start, you were taught that you're going to die. And that's all you know. And then everybody around you dying, you have forgotten that you were supposed to live forever. When you were a kid, you didn't think about dying. Kids don't think about dying unless they've been traumatized. They don't even understand death. Like, what is that? You know? <laughs> and I said, I said that, so you, because of the situation you were born in and what you've been taught and what you see around you, that's why you believe it. At one point in life, you knew you were not going to die. When you're young, you don't think about death. But when you get older, that's when you think about it because you've been taught and you see it happening. But that doesn't mean it have to be that way. Isn't that interesting? I think it is. Ron, do you think it is? I'm glad I got one person here to help me. One live soul will be living with me. That's right. So, Wayne, when you die, I'll just marry Ronda. <laughs> He's like, go ahead on, brother. Why you give it up so easy? <laughs> and don't come back, try to haunt me for it either. <laughs> I think we need to stay open, you know, to the thought of it. Yes. Everything we heard, we yeah. just keep getting programmed to whatever we hear. We just need to be open to whatever's new, you know, because things change. Yeah. And uh, people used to, supposedly in the in biblical days, they used to uh, stay alive like 130 years or something yeah. like that. So we probably don't even believe that, but why not? You know, They so. don't believe it. But it didn't make sense to me. If we are created in God's image, we, are, we have his nature. We came from him. He is us and we are him, right? We have his nature. And his nature doesn't die, all right? It doesn't die. So if we are like our father, why should we be dying? Oh, and then he said, well, the body just deteriorates. I said, but I've discovered lately that the body is renewing itself all the time. I watch it on the History Channel, thanks to Francisco. And the body, is, everything is being renewed all the time, the blood cells, the, the blood, the everything. And in a certain amount of time, the whole body has been renewed. Seven years. Seven years. So if the whole body is fresh and we, have, we are life, the spirit of God, why are we dying? That makes sense? Uh-huh. Now, Wayne, what do you got to say? So in seven years, I'm going to get some of that hair that's thinning out. It's going to come back, right? But if we live right, then the hair won't even thin. Robert, don't put it so close to the mouth, man. Pay attention. I am paying attention, okay? But uh, I keep getting signals. From who? From this, from Bill. Oh, I see. Is there a problem with the mic? Yes, it's pretty close to Oh, this, I promise you guys, this is the last Sunday we're going to have this issue with the mic. All right, so I apologize. So what, Wayne? Uh, where were we at? About your hair falling out. Hmm? Oh, no, I was just saying in seven years since my body renews and replenishes itself in seven years. Oh, but see, I'll there, get some new hair. Right. The reason it's not happening because your mindset is, is off about it. Oh, really? See, yeah, anytime you have doubt, like people who doubt that we're going to live forever, we'll surely die. The worst thing you can have in life is doubt because doubt separates you from the possibility. It separates you from God. And so... We have been told that you're going to die, so most people doubt that they're going to live, and yes, they're going to die. Even though the, the spirit is renewing the body, the body is renewing itself, God got it set up like that, 
But the problem is because we expect to die when we were growing up, we eat all the wrong things, we sin, we do all the wrong stuff that causes the body to die, the physical body, because we are expected to die, so why not party? Well, <laughs> I never expected to lose hair. <laughs> I just knew I wasn't going to lose any hair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can, it can come back if you change your mindset. There is power in faith without doubting. It really is. If you don't doubt, anything is possible. Anything is possible. But the problem is, how do you not doubt? And we'll get to that in a minute. That's not my subject for today, though. Yes, Rhonda. Let me tell you, Rhonda, did I, oh, then I'll take here and then. Yes. I was going to say that I think the body, with the body is renewing itself, the only thing that could be in the way of of us renewing our bodies is our emotions and that's what's blocking our thinking what you're saying our thinking pattern our emotions yeah. is the, the only thing that's aging us right it's killing us the doubt is killing you believe me it makes you old before time it causes fear and all that kind of stuff it's killing you and it's not necessary because it's been put christ put everything back in order but it's the doubt it's not having faith in god that is causing you to die yes Pastor. Uh, well, number one, a good example of renewing is the uh, olive tree that we saw in Israel. Yes. 2,000 years old. Yep. And it continues to have new bark from the inside. The old bark comes off, and then from the inside, it, it grows new all the time. All the time. Those are that, they're, they're literally 2,000-year-old trees. But just think about God. Why would he create us to die? You know, he ain't got nothing else to do. It doesn't make sense. If he's going to put himself in us, in our physical body. He doesn't die. Why should we be dying? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, I was going to go, actually, I ended up with the same thought when you said that as Rhonda. Oh, here. Let me hold it. Hold yeah, let him hold it. How's that? Is that better? Can you hear? Yeah. Um, um, I was thinking a lot this week about the role of emotion in our lives. Um, and emotion really brings about doubt more than any other thing. Not necessarily during the feeling of the emotion, but all emotions disappear. Emotions come from doubt. When you have doubt, you can't help but be emotional. Or the other way around. Uh, when emotion is gone, when it dissipates, you wonder what happened, what, yeah. you know, what is it about you, that sort of thing. You have doubt? Um, well, <laughs> I guess so. I was, act I was trying to think about the emotional connection I might have, for example, to work. Yeah. You change jobs and go, all right, I'm going to be successful like before. I'm going to do things. And suddenly you realize what I really had was an, an emotional connection to work. Yes. Now, you use the That's phrase. That's a good point. You use the phrase, um, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're worshiping your God. It's a false God. You use, use that notion several times. Yes. But what, and, and that, or you say, you're worshiping your father, the devil. You say that. Well, in that doesn't always, it doesn't always connect with me. I go, all right, I guess so, and I don't quite know how I'm doing it. Yes. But when you put something ahead of God, it's often emotion-based. And in my case, for example, it's usually work, right? If you ask my kids what the one thing they didn't like about me, it's that I spent too much time working. Right. But I get a charge out of it. Right? When you say, I'm working? Yeah. Oh. I enjoy it, right? Yeah. There's an emotional connection. Yeah. And then what happens is later, that dies. That emotional connection changes. Your boss changes, the economy changes, whatever. And suddenly you're trying to revive it again, and now you have doubt that you can revive yeah. it. And who am I? What is this? What did I create? What's really going on here? What a and, mess, huh? Well, yeah. No wonder your hair falling out. <laughs> Can Wayne have the hair that fall out? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I got to tell you, surfers don't have hair that falls out. I've never seen a bald surfer. Oh, really? Ever. I don't know if anybody else has. Well, <laughs> but it's really funny. And they don't have gray hair either. Friends of mine that are older than me that don't have gray hair, they're all surfers. There you go, Wayne. Become a surfer. Oh, okay. I don't. Okay. You have a question, Hermes? Yeah. Okay. But you realize you're the only person that's saying this, right? I don't think I'm I am. I just say we're the only, only person that we hear saying it. Okay, yeah, because I, I mean, I've heard preachers uh, talk about it, and they 
they make it seem like the the physical body is expected to die. Oh yeah, the preachers and are that's just that's how we're built, and you know that's the way it is. I wouldn't trust the preachers if I you. You will die, <laughs> <laughs> and they have you make your will out to them. <laughs> um, let me go ahead. Yeah. Oh, you didn't finish. I don't think I even started. Wow. He need to die, huh? Did, uh, you know, it's funny, I do generally believe the idea that we don't have to die, I mean, it makes sense to me, right. spiritual and physical level. Uh, the only thing that kind of throws me a little bit is reading in the Bible where it talks about, at a certain point, God shortened the lifespan of man to 120 years, it says, in one of the books, I don't know, right around Noah somewhere, right. after the flood, it said that they, they shortened the lifespan to 120. I'm like, that one is kind of like, that thought is like a limiting factor. Like, if I didn't have that there, I wouldn't believe that. Well, let that go. Yeah, I'm wondering why he would say that. Why would that would be even in there? Ask him, and he'll tell you. Well, I'll ask. I'll let you know what he said. Yeah, ask him, he'll tell you. Do, do you believe? Have you, heard that? have you read that before? I don't remember. I may have, but I don't remember. Oh. Anybody else remember reading that? Oh, three people did. Two, at least. And you may have heard it, read it. So these two are going to die with you. They have the same thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, after the flood, they may have shorter lifespans, but they did have wine, so that was kind of a good, yeah. you know, at least if get If you want some wine, go to Israel. They drink it all day in Israel. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know why that is. Okay, there. just wondering. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. I, I don't like, uh, can anyone hear me? No. <laughs> <laughs> we can't hear you. <laughs> okay, I'll just make it short. Yeah. Uh, we were taught. Uh, <laughs> we were ta- uh, taught. At least I was taught that death was punishment for our si- uh, for our sins, and unless uh, uh, and if we uh, unless we're uh, devoid of sin, is it true that we're all doomed to die? Good question. Keep on sinning, you'll find out. <laughs> Here's my question, uh, and it's interesting. We started out with death thing. Here's the, here's the uh, subject for today. Christ said, in order to live, you must die. In order to live, you must die. <clears throat> you must die in order to be reborn, to be born again. Anybody ever heard that? Yes. Isn't that interesting? In order to live, you must die. Anybody ever done that? Yeah. <laughs> Look at Pat on that line. <laughs> Behind the headline, got lying. Just lie. In order to live, you must die. Anybody know what that is? What that means? You do. Uh, let me tell you. Since you're here, John, let's say. Yeah. What does that mean? There, there's. How does one die? Well, there's there's two different ways of uh, of living. There's two different kind of like paths. One is like your thoughts and emotional path which leads to death and all sorts of destruction and disease and, and physical death too and the other one is this one that you you know has been talked about which is that letting that world go that's a different kind of world and then there is potential of life and uh, love and all the things that, that you want on the other side but there's, there's just two different ways of living how does one die and be reborn Ultimately, I don't know, but I could say it in a small way. But so, okay, give me a small way. A small way would be. Hermes, could you guys hold it to after the meeting? I really appreciate it. <clears throat> Us. Hold on until they get it All together. Right. We're just going to be another 40 minutes. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 minutes. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Go ahead. A small way would be resisting uh, the uh, temptation to go into your head and to go into your emotions about things. That's how a person died? Yes. In order to live? I believe so, yeah, because um, um, if you can resist that, you're not going into that world of, that, that has all of those, those bad things in it, and you're, you're in another kind of a, a world right then. You don't, you're, not, you're, not, you're not getting pulled, sucked down into this other world. And you're able to be in, you live in a different world. And I, I mean, I've done it. I, I, I've You've ex- died. I've experienced. The, I've experienced the temptation of 
going into my head, believing what it's saying, and, and, and falling to that, and going, getting angry about it, getting crazy about it, versus uh, not going into that, and, and, and not going into that temptation, and not falling into that, and having a different world available. And so, so what is dying? Dying is resisting, uh, dying would, I'm sorry, living would be resisting. Dying would be, would be, go, be going into that world that you're used to living in, that world of, of, of the, your thoughts that tell you everything that's going on that, that only leads to, to death. Thoughts that get you angry, thoughts that, um, just, that just that cause all sorts of destruction. I don't know how to say it other than that. Um, um, anybody else? I want to ask, what's the name right here? Right, yeah. No, no, I, I have no answer for that. Have you heard that before? Uh, yeah. You, you've read that and heard that one must be, uh, we must be born again. Yeah. In order to live, you must die. Yeah. And when you heard it, what did you think about it? Or read uh, it, what did you think? I, I don't know. I, I, I've thought all kinds of things over the years, but I, I really don't. Uh, I really don't know. How you doing today? I'm pretty good. You feeling better? Yeah. Are you on your way back to life? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Mm-hmm. And why do you think you are on your way back? I think so. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't see, uh, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I, I just think so. Oh, okay. I just think so. Well, I hope so. I believe so. Um, let me take ask the guy in the blue shirt right here. You you heard that before? Yes. And what does it say to you when you hear it? What does it mean, and how do you do that? Do you know? First of all, um, say it again. What does it mean? In order to be reborn, you must die. In order to live, you must die. Well, I think. For me, what that means is you have to die to your ego life, and unless you're willing to do that, you you cannot be reborn again. And how does one die to an ego life? Yeah, you have to uh, be still and be willing to see the ego life that's in you and let it go. Have you ever done that? Have you died? No, I'm I'm living. So you haven't died, so you don't know I, if it's I've real. Got a, I've got a nice ego life, but um, <laughs> I, I, I do see my ego, and, uh, and I understand that in order to you know, live spiritually, I have to let go of the ego life. Oh, okay. You, but if you understand it, why are you not doing it? Because understanding will make you do it. I'm, I'm doing it, but it, I haven't, I'm not reborn, so I'm not going to say that I'm reborn right now. Oh, okay. Let me ask Hermes. Hermes, you heard this before, right? Yes. And he said yes. And have you? What does it mean to you to die? Uh, well, to, not to die doesn't mean to die in the physical to me. I always interpret it as dying in the spirit, laying down, like Ken said, your ego life, so that God can take over your spiritual life. How does one die? Um, The little bit of understanding that I have of it right now is that you have to humble yourself. I think that's the key word, is you have to have a certain amount of humility to be able to get yourself to sit still and be quiet. And that's kind of what I'm realizing is that I'm not humble enough to, or haven't been humble enough to do that. And it takes a lot of humility to kind of sit in that quietness. And, uh, and that's what you need. Why is it that you won't humble yourself to do that? If you know that this is the way, right. why don't you take that way? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know why I haven't done it yet. And it, it seems like it's more, well, I, I don't have the humility to do it. And why not? If you believe that to be true, mm-hmm. and you believe it because someone said it, right. if you believe it to be true, why don't you do it? That's a good question. I don't know why. Um, I just know that I don't have the humility to do it or haven't had it thus far. And you haven't even asked yourself, why don't I do something that I believe to be true? I think I'm getting there, but I haven't, no. Why do you think you're getting there if you're not doing it? Uh-huh. It's so nice to say that, huh? I'm getting there. But not even doing it, but I'm getting there. 
Why did you, why did you? I'm starting to do it. <laughs> give, give me another lie. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I don't understand the stubbornness. If you believe what you said to be true, and, I, and you're saying it because somebody else said no, it. No, so. I've heard it and I've read it. And, but why don't you do it, though? And why I mean, haven't you examined yourself to see why you won't do it's it? It's different to read it. I've read it in the Bible. Yeah. I've heard people say it. It clearly says, says that. I can't tell you where, but I know right, that it, it says it in the Bible. Right. And I've heard other preachers say it. Yeah. But when it comes down to actually humbling yourself and sitting still, I'm not humble enough to to commit to that. Right. So even though you believe it, you're just not ready for it. You're like, apparently. You're like what he said. He's a, he has a, a good ego life. Apparently, yeah. You have a good ego life? It's okay ego life. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't all that. Ain't nothing to write home about. <laughs> Here's what uh, dying is. And, and I realized this from myself. But that's why I say it's so important to get to know yourself, right? Um, I realized that I have been traumatized all of my life, most of my life, one situation after another. And so I realized that within my body, there are different traumas going on. And I noticed that before, I was, before God woke me up, I would protect those traumas. I didn't want anybody to interfere with them at all. For an example, if you said something to me that would irritate me, make me mad, instead of taking that and facing it, I get mad at you for making me mad, you know, for bringing up something in me, you know, or, or if I'm reminded of something, rather than going to it and just facing it and taking it and dying from it, I would get mad and protect it because it felt so painful, and then you would blame some, I would blame other people for the way that I felt. Because I thought all these things, this emotion, as Ed mentioned, emotions and fear and anger that I felt, I thought the person that was bringing it up uh, was to blame for making me feel that way. And I didn't want to feel that way. Don't make me feel a certain way. Don't make me mad. You heard someone say, you, you've said things to people, they're like, don't go there, you know, because that's going to make them mad or it's going to make them feel uncomfortable or it's going to make them feel angry or something. You ever had that? So people can say something to you or you can do something. You can get in trouble, right? Do something wrong and pile up. And now look like it's about to explode and all hell going to break loose. And the first thing you want to do is protect yourself from that. You don't want that to happen. You ever had that? For example, you're cheating on your wife, right? And, and now this woman that you're cheating with is mad at you, and now she's going to go tell it. I'm going to tell your wife. And all of a sudden, all, I mean, it just overwhelms you. You ever had that overwhelming feeling like you just can't handle it? And so the first thing you want to do is do something about it to protect yourself, to prevent a disaster from happening. Have you ever, anybody ever had that? Yes. Well, keep on living if you have it, you will. But what I realized over the last 20, uh, uh, three years, 25 years since I woke up, or 23 years since the organization, is that you should not protect that at all. That feeling that comes, that fear that comes, that anger that comes, do not protect it. Let it come. Let it come to the forefront. And all you have to do is, is watch it. Observe what you're feeling and do nothing about it. Because it's the watcher who will take care of it for you. In us, within us, we have, a, we have an observer who has a whole lot of sense. You know, he, he really does have sense. And he will work it out for you if you allow that to happen. It's like having a pain. And if you just, you know, you go to the doctor and they give you something to do and the pain is gone. If you let the observer take care of that for you, you'll be free. Your, your pride will die. Your ego will die. But what most people are doing is that they are running from that. They are covering it up. They are protecting themselves because fear is there too. 
and you're afraid that you will be destroyed, not realizing you have a comforter within you that will help you. And so if somebody makes you mad, you know, whether it's a, in a relationship or whatever, be, be, be grateful that that person has brought that up in you, that they are making you mad, because it's not them that's making you mad. It's just that, it, you know, maybe it's been a reminder of somebody else or something there. But let yourself, last, last week we talked about allowing things to happen and not making things happen. Allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to go through it without tripping, and you shall be free. This, this, uh, this spirit that's in us, the consciousness, the mind of God, it will come forth and it'll work it out. It'll calm you down and it will get rid of it and then you can see what to do about it if you have to do anything at all. There, 90% of the time, there is nothing to do about it. But because you're freaking out with your ego and feel like you got to do something, you make it worse. You keep it alive and it grows and you get worse in life because your pride is not dying. That nature, which is of the devil, is not dying. We, we do have, and for me to say this is interesting, and only I know this because I've been through so much, and, I, and, my, and then right away the mind want to rage. Oh, you got to stop it. You got to stop the floodgate. You got to do this, right? But I, I won't do anything about it. If I don't see what to do calmly, I do nothing about it. And it just passed, and I'm free. And I realized the reason that thing happened to me because it makes me check myself to see what's there that I haven't discovered and overcome yet, why I do certain things, so I can get over. So that's why the whole thing is happening. God is really trying to save us from the ego, but because you protect your ego, you're embarrassed or you shame or you feel ashamed or you don't want to have pain, you're protecting yourself. You're, you're protecting the very thing that will destroy you rather than going through it. Behind that spirit, behind that pain, it's the spirit of God. It's consciousness. And he will fulfill you and take it over. You will have perfect peace. It's so interesting. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I think what I realized and I've been realizing recently is that the ego is of the world. And because you're not really in the world, and I'm talking about you specifically, when things come up, you're not just going with things. You're actually checking yourself. Yes. So it's very hard for things to just overtake you because you're still dealing with things just like any other human being is. Yes. What I see about myself is that the minute that I something would come up, I would go with the world, and it would just get worse for me. Yes. And when I stop going with what everybody else is doing, basically and I just come back to myself and I'm alone, I start retreating from the world and that's when God can come in and actually do something. It's, it's really not, it's like kind of like what you say, you really don't have to do anything except not go with the world. The only, the only thing you have to do is not go with the world because the world is going to hide you from the truth. And, and at least for me, what I'm going through, I, I started to realize that. And just to kind of add about the world, the world that he's talking about is in you. It's the pride of mankind. It's that false nature that's made a home in you. And the first thing it wants you to do is to solve that problem right away. Because it doesn't want to die. It want to live. And if it could get you to go away from consciousness, the spirit or the mind of God, then it has you. But if you could stand still and know him, then you shall be free. 90% of the time, and I'm growing in that. I'm not perfect in that yet. I'm just seeing that. I'm like, wow, that is something else. And the more you grow with the consciousness of God inside of you, the more you see. And so when things do come, you don't have that desire to rush and deal with it. You take the pain of it. You know that this is happening because it's trying to bring out that thing that's in you that you have not seen. That's why things are happening. That's one way that God reaches out to us. Because a lot of times we can't see what's going on. We wonder, why am I acting this way? I did this before and I, never, I said I would never do it again. Where is this coming from? And so, he, uh, you know, things pile up. And then it looked like you're about to be destroyed. 
instead of filling that so you can see where it came from, you solve it by going into a denial about it or trying to shut something down to prevent it from, from destroying you. You think that you're going to be destroyed, and you really will when you overreact to the situation. And one thing you got to know, got to know, got to know in order for this to work, two things. You cannot have any hatred in your heart. And, and opportunities are there too, so you can see that you have hate, hatred in your heart. You must forgive. But secondly, you must know that you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Your thoughts, and that's the thing that's going to leave you eventually. It will lose control over you if you stop overreacting to situation. You got to let yourself. You got to let these situations go through you. But most people don't let the situations go through them because they protect them with denying and with getting mad and telling the person, "Don't treat me like this." And you, uh, you know, whatever you do, you got to stop doing that and let the situations go through you. But and you are not your thought, and I'm telling you, the mind of God, the consciousness of God, which is in you, would become more prevalent to you. You would identify with it more, and then you could live. But you got to, I know people, almost cursed, a curse word came to mind. Really, it just was there. I know people who hide themselves from themselves. The world see them as they are, and you could point it out to them, you know you're just lying. You're not what you say you are. Don't be saying I'm lying. But you are lying. They are put on a real serious front of looking good and inside they're miserable. And that, that, that mindset, that ego has convinced them that they're hiding. And in reality they're not hiding but they're killing themselves. They're dying. They're walking dead. You got to let that stuff go through you. You got to let that stuff come to the forefront so you can live. Otherwise, you'll repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it, and then you'll die. We have a consciousness. We have a Savior inside of us. And, he, and He's wise, and, and He speaks to you. He guides you. He protects you. But you got to let that thing die. You got to allow yourself. I know so many people who are running from challenges and situations, they're miserable now. Little weaklings can't handle anything because they're constantly running, hiding, pretending. And it's so unfortunate because the consciousness is just laying there doing nothing. And that mindset is out, have them out of control. You got to let things go through you. You got to stop running from things and run to them by facing them. Simply observing them. That's all you have to do. And it's not you, but it's the God in you that allows you to see it. I'm so sorry the church has messed us up and our parents messed us up in the way we see things. And most people are running. Yes, sir. Yeah, the other thing, I, you know, I realized about myself that I've become a man of the world and is incredibly uh, amount of suffering as a result of that. And I, I think that people that are going through things, if they can ask themselves, and take a look at how they've, be, how they've become part of the world, if they can begin to see that about themselves, they'll, they'll start to, to move away from actually what's causing them the suffering. And so I, you know, for me, that was really understanding how much I'd become part of the world. Like I, I didn't see it in a deep way, but when you're suffering at a certain level, you gotta ask yourself, how much are you a part of it? And if you're going with the crowd, you know, more than likely, it's gotten inside of you, and you're, you won't be able to see anything about yourself. Because all you're doing is building up that false nature, the nature that's not you. I, was, I went to visit a friend yesterday, <clears throat> and we were sitting out on the patio just talking, and this friend has a perfect home. They can't, a household can't get any better than this. It's beautiful, beautiful surroundings, just beautiful trees, and just nice everything, and everything is in place. And this friend of mine happened to be going through hell within. Really just miserable within. Like what Cameron said, because they are caught up out there with the world and their egos are puffed up. And they're, but inside, they're miserable. They go home and just miserable. Can't even enjoy the perfectness, the physical perfect home. I mean, I'm telling you, 
um, it's just perfect. But they are miserable inside, and it's because they are caught up with the ego world and separated from God. And I said to them, I said, you know, that's weird. You have, uh, this is so beautiful, and yet you're so miserable. It is funny how things don't make you feel better either. They won't save you from that ego. You are not your thoughts, folks. We have the Holy Spirit inside us. We have the mind of God to do everything for us. But you've got to pro- stop protecting yourself. I literally know people who have, has almost been de- have almost been destroyed in certain situations, and they have finally just kind of get out of that situation somewhat. But they write back into the same situation, building the same situation again. I'm like, are you crazy? But they don't see it because they're not dying from it. They are running from it and running right back into the same situation. Anybody ever done that before? You're like, I would, I would never end up in this kind of situation again. And you end up, and then you can't tell them, you know what, you, you're making a mistake here. You're doing the same thing over again. But they don't believe it because they can't see it. Because they did not die from that situation. That ego would just cover it up and protect it to only live again in another situation. It's so unfortunate. But you got to die from that by becoming aware of that. That's all you need to do. Did I see some hands just now? Yes. Yeah, you did. Oh, and then I come on. But I'm oh, sorry. Mike. It's like with the job thing that you, the job, I don't care how many new jobs you get, how much money you make on it, how you make a promise that I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to be the best self and make all the money. You may end up getting all that, but you still be, you have fear and doubt and worry and make bad decisions and all that. Are still well, you see it mostly when you change jobs. But, but you had said something really interesting just now. I was, I was running through uh, the practical aspects of what you had said, right? We, I was listening to you, and I go, all right, how am I really going to do this, right? There's, there's, always, there's always a person in well, my life, I'm sure everybody here has one, that causes this kind of pain in your job, a friend, something that brings up, some crazy reaction in you. Well, one thing I want to tell you, they nuts. don't cause it at Well, okay, all. so it brings it out they in you. They're just bringing it out of you that's already there. So, but, I mean, how much are you supposed to sit around and take that, right? Yeah. And, and so you have to sit and watch it and understand it because you'll still, if you're not careful, you'll just run away from it. Yes. You, you actually, you gave the key there. You said you have to die from it, not run away from it. Because yes. if you run away from it, it's just going to show up again in somebody else. And, and, it will. And I've seen a very similar situation in my work. Uh, there's certain triggers that folks intuitively can figure out about me, right? And boom, I go off in the wrong direction. But but dying from it doesn't necessarily mean you got to hang around it all the time, right? I mean, hang wow. around what? Well, let, let's say you got a friend that brings something out in you. I mean, right. you don't just sit around and go, well, all right, uh, I'll go hang around them and uh, take some more. Uh, punishment from them this weekend, right? <laughs> I mean, you're not going to go do that, right? But at, yeah, That's at the same time... That's a very interesting question. What do you say to that? If you've met this man walking down the road and he asks you that question... Come around this way, Rob. Rob, look at me. Look at me. Come around this way. That way you don't crawl over everybody. We're going to get a new mic holder for next week. Too. This one is making me pretty nervous. Uh, what would you say to him? Do you, he asked, well, you don't just hang around that person. They bring all this out of you. Or you don't go because you know this person going to give you more pain. What would you say to him? If he asked you, what should he do? If he has a pain? Yes. If this person is bringing this out of him. Should he avoid that person or go around that person? Um, I would try to help him out. You would and try figure- to help the person that bring you the pain? Well, yeah, he's going through all his pain, um, so I'll just try to figure out No, but where it's the from. person is making him go through pain. <laughs> Wait, say that again? The so, person is causing him pain. Someone's causing him pain. Yeah. So he should, wants, he, should he stay away from that person or stay around that person? Probably, yeah, I guess probably stay away from him. Stay away? And yeah. why stay away? Um... Just because there's so much pressures in life now, everyone's trying to get by, and you don't need more baggage on to your life. And although I still would want to help the guy. But the guy doesn't have the problem. He has the problem. So he doesn't have the problem. 
No, he has a problem. He has the problem. Yeah, because he's mad or feeling pain around the person. The person yeah. make him feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, with all the baggage that he's bringing, that's just going to bring you down, so I guess just... Stay away? Stay away. Oh, okay. All right. Um, what would you recommend? Um, I actually uh, wanted to caveat on what he said because I had a similar situation. I, I have there's a couple of managers uh, that bring that the worst out of me, and uh, one of them I, I started kind of avoiding, but then I realized exactly what you said that I that I need to see that, and that uh, it takes sometimes a little bit of courage, even though it shouldn't be called courage because you should be able to just to talk freely to anybody. But uh, if you allow it, you allow yourself to have that feeling, and you confront that person nevertheless, and being you know uh, as centered as uh, as you can be with God's grace, it begins to go away. And courage starts coming. You start talking to the, per you start expressing to that person. Um, so anything. would you stay away from that person? No. Now I'm thanking. Would you intentionally like, go around them? Uh, no, I would not. Now what I'm doing now, I, I look forward to dealing with them. Oh. I look forward to it. Because I know that, that they're, they're going to free me. Not them, but engaging those type of situations, those feelings that are coming up, are going to free me. Here's the best way to deal with it. And I understand what both of you are saying. I wouldn't intentionally just go around the person just to get some pain, but I would not avoid the person. I wouldn't deliberately avoid that person because God's trying to reach out in some kind of way to get you to let this thing go. And if you're truly seeking to let it go, he will show you how to do it in that moment. But what I, all you need to do is observe what you're feeling. There's nothing else you need well, to that do. That is powerful. There's nothing you need you to do. You see it, you go, oh. Right? That's what's going on. I'm sorry? It is, it is, observing it is powerful. You do see what happens, and all of a sudden you go, oh, that's what's been going on all this but, time. But, you, but it's more it, than just seeing what, what's happening. You're also overcoming. You're dying and becoming reborn again. You're becoming alive. You're starting to get peace and life and love and everything right in front of you. It's not just seeing it. You are, and, oh, and it's not just seeing it and saying, oh, that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and the reason I'm glad you said because that's what a lot of seers are doing, and they're not seeing anything. <laughs> they, they, are, they, they are looking at it because somebody said, oh, you should see it, right? And so now they'll look at a situation happening like, oh, that's what's going on. And they still don't and they have still get beat up. <laughs> yeah. Don't have an opinion about it. You just notice it, what you're feeling, and all these crazy thoughts that are coming, but don't have an opinion about it. Don't have a discussion with it. Just watch it. Because when you have a, a discussion with it, you're still working with the enemy. You don't know what's going on. You have no clue. All you need to do is to be the observer of what's going on within you, without any opinion about what's going on with it. Don't have a discussion with the feeling, like, don't have there discussion. I go again, you know, right. whatever, you, whatever you Don't have on. one with your mind that's telling you uh, this is what's going on. Because that's not God telling you that. All God needs us to do is watch it when he show it to us. But, but a lot of people have learned to become the seer. Oh, I can see. And now they're... <laughs> Now they're having these feelings, and they, they can see the meanness in somebody, and they're like, oh, yeah, I see. They're, they're there, just being mean. There's also they're just trying to bring out the worst in me. They're just, and you ain't getting nowhere because you have no clue of what you're talking about. You've just learned about it, and now you're having a discussion with the devil. So, you know, and I hear the people say that a lot. Oh, yeah, I see what you're doing. <laughs> And a, a true observer that's being guided by the light don't have an opinion about what's going on. Zero opinion because you, don't, you know of yourself that you don't know what's going on. You just see what you feel. You, 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 see, you, know, you see you have this anger or you have this fear or you have this doubt, but you don't know nothing. You don't know anything. You don't know nothing. Can I say you don't know nothing? No, Run I can't say that. Oh, you can't. You don't know anything. That's all better. You don't know, but you're being deceived in so many ways, you know, and don't realize you're being deceived. Of yourself, you could do nothing. That's why you have the observer standing with you, and you have the pain, the ego in front of you, 
and you, the observer will get rid of the pain. He will cause it to go right through you, and it'll be over. If you could stand still and know him in that moment. That makes sense? If it doesn't help, uh, let me know so I can explain it even clearer. We have an observer, the mind of God, inside of us. When you wake up, we become aware of that. Then he starts to do the rest for you. Let me take this young lady here first. It looks like you're talking to me. Good. You know? Yeah. Um, I went and I uh, ate two ice creams yesterday and the food I wasn't supposed to eat yeah. because I was angry. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I was jealous and, 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 um, and, and I seen he showed something to me that I wanted to be idolized by my kids. Yes. Um, we used to go out on outings on Saturdays, and they haven't invited me out anymore. And my, since my oldest daughter moved in with my youngest daughter, they go out. Right. But they never call me anymore. <laughs> and I was dying. I was feeling a lot of pain. I didn't sleep last night. Yeah. And it was time to call them and to tell them what they were doing to me, you know. But I didn't. Good. You know, I just laid tossing and turning all night long. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, and I wasn't going to come because I, I felt so tired, you know. But Rhonda called me, and I, I didn't tell her, you know, right. that I was tired or anything. But all of a sudden, I got this energy. Yes. And, 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 and I came, you know, and it was like I needed to be here today to hear everything you said because that's what I've been going through. Right. Oh, but I did nothing. Example. I did nothing. I yes. didn't call my daughter until I felt hurt. I, didn't, I, I just felt it. But I did eat two ice creams and all that to, <laughs> to make me happy, yeah. you know, in that moment. I know what you mean. And so that I, is that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. The moment she was, it was revealed to her that she she wanted to be idolized or worshipped by her kids. It vanished. It was taken away from her. There was no discussion about it in her head. She didn't have to go. Oh, I see what y'all doing. You know. Oh, I see this. The revelation of her, what was going on in her, is what made her free. There is nothing you need to do or can do to free yourself. You just have to be willing to let it be shown to you. Be still and know God. Everything that is happening to you, within you, is about you. It's not about anybody else. It's not about her kids. Even if they were trying to hurt her, the pain she has is not about her kids. It's about her own pride, her own ego, her own fallen desires. And if she didn't have that, the kids couldn't hurt her. And the kids are not hurting her. God is letting that happen so she can see how to come back to him and follow what's right. Actually, that was perfect. I actually felt like pain, physical pain yes. all over my soul. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I just looked at it, and that's when he showed me, because I never seen that I wanted my kids to worship me. That's why these things are happening. They're things that we don't see. So when that pain comes like that, you have to allow it to go through you so you can see what you didn't see about yourself. God is there showing us these things and making us free. But it's not somebody else. Somebody else is not... People who drive on the freeway, I hear all the time, oh, I just get so mad when someone jumps in front of me on the freeway, right? I'm like, you're so stupid. Why would anybody get mad about another car jumping in front of them? And so Sonia's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if you were not in this false imagination of yours why you were driving, but you were relaxed in the moment, relaxed in the consciousness of God, the freeway driving couldn't move you at all. Couldn't move you at all. Isn't that amazing? But if you lost in your imagination, the freeway driver would mess your day up. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Yeah, it's true. I'm telling you. You're not your thoughts. No one else is to blame for what you feel. You got to let this happen. Let these things happen. Not run away from them, 
but run toward them within yourself so you can overcome them. If it look like you're going to be destroyed, you, if you be still, you're not going to be destroyed. Your pride is being destroyed. It's just painful, though. It feels like you. and it feel, It's so much a part of your identity that it feels like you are going to be destroyed. But you got to let yourself go through this. And I promise you, it'll be wiped away. That pride, that this desire you had with you is wiped away. It's just gone. It, the moment he reveals it to you, it's gone. And you're free from that. Isn't that amazing? One quick thought. I saw your hand, and then I, I'll come back. Okay, I, I just realized that, and the times where I did it wrong is because I didn't have faith in that comforter, that observer comforter. And now that it's a, a little bit more established in me, I, you know, and you having this uh, talk today, I realize that it's, 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 I can rely on it now. You know, yes. hopefully um, continue in when I get into situations and where my heart starts, starts thumping because somebody is saying something you know, to you or whatever. I just allow myself to experience it and rely, yes. on, the and rely on the comforter. And, and pay it, no attention to the busy right. chatter in your head. Exactly. That's your enemy. Right. That's not your friend. The observer will present himself. And he will get rid of the chattering and all. And you start to quiet down. Then you can move forward. So we're really blessed by these tribulations and things that happen to us that give us the opportunity to, to be free. Exactly. That's why God said, in time of tribulation, rejoice. Be happy somebody made you mad. <laughs> be happy that you cheated with that woman one more time. <laughs> and now look like you're about to get caught. And your whole life about to be destroyed. That's your moment of joy, because that's your moment of salvation. Be happy that you had to drink that one bottle of wine one more time. <laughs> I'm telling you, observation will fade it away from your life. It'll take it away. Uh, real fast there. That's a perfect, perfect, thank you for that example. And some people are telling me, don't share it. Satan. <laughs> she said something to tell her not to share that. Don't talk to Jesse about it. Because uh, Satan doesn't want you to know that that's the secret. Stop reacting. Let the pain go through you, and you'll be free. Yes. I just wanted to, you said something really profound, and it kind of, I don't know if it got swept under a little bit, but uh, about opinions. And our opinions aren't good. And it's in, in it's different than the observer who's seeing. Like we think our opinions are seeing, and it's and you're 100. You're 100 right, you know. And it's oh, I see that person's angry, and like that's you're not seeing anything, and it's that's not. That's the worst it, thing you can have in an opinion. It's actually a reaction. I'm a Uncle Tom today because of other folks' opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm white on the inside, black on the outside because of other people's opinions. So in the few minutes we have left. Do you understand now that whatever you feel, whether it's with your wife or your husband or your friend or your enemy, it's not their fault that God is looking out for you? You need to be still and observe without conversation because your mind is going to get busy right away. That's not you, and it's not your thought. You're not your thought, no matter what it tells you. Oh, you better hurry up and resolve this before somebody finds out. You better hurry up and do this before you be destroyed. Don't do it. Don't go with it. Take the pain and the observer which is with us would cause it to pass through. If you could just stand still and know him. Don't run out. With some people, you may have to just run out and create another situation because you didn't learn from this situation. You didn't allow this situation to go through you. You were able to stop the, the, the storm for a minute and just went and built a bigger storm and you don't see it coming. But if you can take this one freely and let it go through you, you won't have to go out and recreate the same situation. But that's why it's happening. You are not your thoughts. Be still and fear the fear, fear the pain, fear the agitation, fear the person imposing on you, fear the dislike, feel all of that, and you'll be free. Without an opinion, you shall be free, but you got to calm down. We have a consciousness the mind of God in us, and he's waiting for us to just stop it so he can work it through. Stop blaming. Stop, because nobody is to blame for what you do. Nobody. Our parents let us down, of course, but once you forgive them, you're on your own. It's you and God. No one else is to blame for your anger. 
and you say, oh, you, I'm just mad at you because. I'm mad at you because. That's a lie, too. You're just an angry person anyway. And I had nothing to do with it. Or, or the other person that you're blaming did not have anything to do with it. So learn to be still and know God. You don't have to do anything. We have the observer. Did this help a little bit? Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Thank you so much, folks. I appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.